I want you to, to think for a few minutes about uh, the last time uh, someone came alongside you and helped you with something. Uh, maybe you think back to being a child and learning to ride a bike and a mom or a dad or a brother or sister kind of came alongside you and they had their hand on the, the seat of the bike and they were kind of running next to you and all of a sudden you look, you look back and you realize that they let go two blocks ago and you are riding a bike. All by yourself, you're riding a bike. You, you may remember. Uh, you may remember that. You may be think, think back to a mentor that you had, and they just came alongside you and, and they taught you like a really valuable skill that you have to this day. Maybe it was your mom and, and baking, or a boss who taught you this is how you close the sale. Uh, a, a friend who taught you social media, and they just kind of came alongside you and, and helped you. Uh, maybe you think about the last wedding that you were at. I know maybe it's been a while since. Uh, any of us have done that sort of thing, but you, you were at a wedding and uh, there were some be- beautiful elements to the day. The decorations were beautiful. The, the music was incredible. The cake was delicious, which might be the most important thing. Um, but, but one of the most important, uh, beautiful parts of that day was just seeing this couple kind of pledging uh, to everybody in the audience that, hey, we're going to come alongside each other and we're going to help each other and, and we're going to be partners Uh, The text today, we're we're in this series on the uncertain road, and Jesus has been teaching us about how to navigate uh, roads that are uncertain. He knew his disciples, he was going to ascend to heaven after his death, burial, and resurrection, and he knew there there were a lot of uncertainties that they were going to face. Life without Jesus, like physically present with them, uh, persecution, hardship, uh, leaving family, all of this stuff. And so in, in these chapters, John like 13 to 17-ish, uh, he's teaching them how to navigate the uncertain road. And in this text we're going to study today, he's talking about how while he's going to ascend to heaven, he's not going to leave them alone. That he's going to send uh, the Holy Spirit to, to walk with them. And uh, the word Jesus uses in this text for the Holy Spirit, uh, it literally means he's going to come alongside you. That as you walk the road of uncertainty, as you walk the road of difficulty, as you walk the road of pain, you are not alone. There is one who comes alongside of you. And uh, the text, uh, a lot of uh, different translations do different things with the way the Holy Spirit is described uh, in this text. One uh, translation says, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another comforter. Another translation says he'll give you another helper. Another says he'll give you another advocate. Another says he'll give you another counselor. Another to befriend you. Another to stand by you. They all teach the same thing. You and I are not alone on the uncertain road. There is one who comes alongside. Here's what Jesus said. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. That's the word this translation uses. To help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will recognize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. 
Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while I am with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I'm going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, but the, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that uh, when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes to this world, uh, but, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. So he says, I'm going to send to you a helper, a comforter, an advocate, one who's going to come alongside of you, and he'll be with you every step of the way. And this sermon, this text is really, really rich, and we... I'm not covering everything. We could be here, honestly, for probably about an hour. We're not going to do that, so don't freak. Um, uh, We're not going to be in uh, in here an hour. But what I want to do is almost Bible study-esque. And I want to walk you what this one who comes alongside, this comforter, uh, this helper, what exactly is his role in the uncertain road? and, And what exactly is he doing when he comes? And here's the first thing I want you to see. He is the spirit of truth the spirit of truth, that he is never going to lie to us. Ultimately, he's always going to lead us to the truth, and he will always lead us to the truth that is in Jesus. And the truth is a really important thing to have. Imagine if I told you, uh, came up to you after church and said, hey, listen, I've got a job opportunity for you that's going to quadruple your salary starting tomorrow. Your understanding of me as a truth teller is going to determine what you do with that information. You might be getting your resume ready right now if you believe I'm a truth teller, right? Uh, If I told you that I had a health supplement that is guaranteed to add 10 years to your life, uh, your understanding of me as a truth teller is gonna determine what you do next. Imagine a man comes 2,000 years to go to earth and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am going and I am preparing a place for you in my Father's mansion. Through faith, I am going to lead you to joy and hope and peace and purpose. Your understanding of that man as a truth teller will determine your next steps. The truth is important. And the Holy Spirit is always going to lead us to truth, specifically the truth that is found in Jesus. And here's, the, here's why this can be so tricky. The truth that he leads you to might be different than what you were taught uh, growing up. It might be different than what is taught in culture. It might be uh, different than what is taught in in media. And and we just kind of have to figure out who who the truth is coming from and who we're going to follow. So you might have been shown an example growing up that, hey, when somebody wrongs us, we keep grudges. We don't forgive. We, we keep, you may have been taught that growing up, or you may have been uh, taught that we medicate our problems, or uh, we, we lie to get out of difficult situations, and the spirit inside of you is leading you to the truth. He's leading you to a better and different way, and we just have to figure out whose voice we're going to listen to. Do we trust him? Do we believe him? And I'm telling you, this is huge. If you can identify, no matter what age you are, 
If you can identify the falsehoods that have been uh, taught to you in the past by maybe family or culture or media, and I also simultaneously identify the truth that is found in Jesus, I am telling you, this is like the thing that is going to bring help and recovery to your life. It's identifying the falsehoods from our past and identifying the truth that the Spirit is leading us to. Those things make a great marriage and and are are life-changing. So he's leading us to truth. He's leading us to life. I love how Jesus says this. Because I live, you also will live. Later on, the Bible will say the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, the same spirit that rose him from the dead is at work in you. And we know that through the spirit, we are able to live eternally. That someday when we pass away, the Holy Spirit, uh, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, will raise us and we will live uh, eternally with God. But Jesus is also trying to get us to see that we don't just live eternally, we're able to live spiritually, God's way. Paul says in the book of Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you think uh, think about one of your favorite vacation spots right now, Uh, We have a place uh, in Michigan that we go to every summer uh, near Cheryl's dad. We love it there. It's kind of our spot. What's yours? Maybe for you, it's a mountain place, a beach place, a place in the city. Here's the deal with that. It represents for you leisure. It represents for you relaxation. It uh, uh, communicates to you fun. It fills your tank. Filling your tank is what vacation was designed to do. It was never designed to be the entire goal of your life. That that, that we have a culture that loves to communicate that life is about leisure and relaxation and fun. And and those things are fine to do, but they are designed to fill your tank. They are not designed to be the totality of of your life, a full-time lifestyle. They just weren't designed to do that. As a matter of fact, if you go and get gas after church, see what happens if you overfill your gas tank. Uh, you're going to get gas all over your... Pa- I, I, I actually did this a couple weeks ago, just wasn't paying attention. Uh, it clicked on me. I thought it was lying to me, so I kept pumping gas. It wasn't lying to me. All of a sudden, the gas comes out of the tank. It ruined my pants. It ruined my shoes. Uh, it, it was not a good uh, situation at, at all. It made a huge mess. The purpose of a full tank is to get you back on the open road. And so, yes, we, rela- we rest, we relax, we rejuvenate at times. The Spirit comes in and fills our tank, but the reason that happens is to get us back on the open road. It's to get us back to life. So we're traveling a different stretch of road right now. All of us are. But n- make no mistake about it. The Spirit is leading you to life, to be fully awake in this season, fully alive, fully engaged, fully aware as you travel whatever stretch of road he has you on. Um, which, which means that the Spirit is trying to, on this uncertain road, he's trying to make us aware of ways we can love. He's trying to make us aware of ways that we can show patience, right? There's lots of opportunity for patience right now. Uh, the, this, the Spirit's doing this. He's trying to make us aware of ways we can be patient and loving and kind and all the fruits of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, sometimes on the uncertain road, there's more opportunity to be like Jesus because everybody else is losing their mind. Everybody else is super anxious, but we kind of driven by the Spirit are showing a different and better way to live. And that's what happens on the uncertain road. And I'll tell you something, if you start to kind of listen to the Spirit of Christ inside of you and alongside of you, 
If you start to listen to that spirit, your life is going to be many things. It will not be boring. I promise you, it will not be boring as you follow and listen to the spirit. Here's what Mike Bro, he's a preacher in California. I'm just gonna kind of read it verbatim because it's really good. He said, I meet so many bored people uh, just doing the same stuff every day. It never changes. It's the same old life. You get up at the same old time, shut off the same old alarm clock, walk into the same old bathroom, look at the same old face in the same old mirror, get in the same old shower, dry off with the same old towel, put on the same old clothes, walk down to the same old kitchen, uh, get out the same old bowl, pour the same old cereal, eat the same old cereal with the same old spoon, drink the same old coffee, read the same old paper, kiss the same old wife, my wife's in kid zone today. Um, uh, get, I delete that otherwise, yeah. Uh, get in the same old car, drive the same old way to the same old job, sit at the same old desk, laugh at the same old jokes uh, to the, the same old boss is telling the same old way, clock out at the same old time, get out of the same old car, drive down the same old street in the same old garage, walk back into the same old kitchen, sit down, eat the same old dinner, uh, walk into the family room and sit in the same old recliner, watch the same old Wheel of Fortune, fall asleep in the same old chair, get up uh, in the same old bed, roll over, hit the same old alarm, and do it all over again. And he says, man, this is the way a lot of people are living their life. And Mike Bro goes on to say, he said, I don't want the same old, do you? We kind of got one shot at this deal, and I want to live a life that, uh, of, with purpose surging through my veins. I, I want to live a, a life of, of purpose and joy and hope and peace, the, the life the Spirit is leading us to, to live. And so the Spirit, as we walk the uncertain road, I promise you the Spirit is going to put people in front of you to love and to show kindness to and to serve. The Spirit's just doing it. We just have to learn to listen to his promptings because the Spirit is trying to lead us to life. And like I said, it will be many things. It will not be same old. It will not be boring. It will be full of purpose. All right, so the Spirit is leading us to a rich life. He's also reminding us. Remember what Jesus says. He said, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And this was so important to the early apostles, uh, honestly, because it was one thing for them to have peace while Jesus was sitting right there with them. It was one thing to have hope while Jesus was sitting right there with them. It was one thing to have joy while Jesus was sitting there right there with them. It's another thing to have those things when Jesus has ascended to heaven and you're facing persecution, you're facing uncertainty, you're facing a lot of unknowns. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit was to come to the early apostles and to remind them of everything Jesus said and everything he had in store for them and everything that was good and holy and righteous. And so he says, man, I'm not with you anymore, but I'm going to send my spirit to remind you of everything I said and everything I was and everything that I taught you. And we, I feel like we need that too. It was one thing, you remember December of 2019, it was one thing to have joy that particular Christmas where it's like, oh, what are your plans for 2020? Yeah, I remember people posting 2020, every major holiday falls on a weekend. 2020 is going to be the year of party. Boy, don't take advice from those folks. They don't know what they're talking about, right? But you remember that in 2019? All the major holidays are on a weekend. 2020 is going to be rock star. Uh, and then 2020 happens. So it's one thing to have hope and joy and peace in December and January when we're setting goals. It was another thing to have it in April. Another thing to have it in August. Another thing to have it in October. 
But this is one of the things the Spirit's doing. He says, man, on the uncertain road, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget your joy. It's easy to forget your hope and your peace. So he says, I am going to send you a Holy Spirit to remind you of everything that I've taught you and everything that's good. He's reminding us of the things that we need for this, for this season. Now listen, this is like the preacher moment of the sermon, if you'll just allow me. Embedded in this idea of the Spirit reminding us is that we knew it to begin with. So I want to encourage you just for a minute, learn everything you can about God and about Jesus in this book. Memorize as many scriptures as you can because the Spirit wants to remind us of the truths of this book, especially in the difficult seasons, but we need to have known it to begin with. Right? We need to have known it to begin with. So make sure that you're learn and you're in God's word and learning his word and hiding it in your heart so that at just the right moment the Spirit will say, Hey, remember what Jesus said about this issue. Hey, remember what Jesus promised you. Hey, remember uh, what Jesus is going to do. And I want to just share a real life example uh, real quick. I have been uh, in a season uh, this week of uh, worry. Uh, and angst about a family member that I have in Michigan, uh, a situation that's kind of uh, heading uh, in a bad direction. And uh, I have just had a real heavy spirit uh, this, this whole week. It's affecting my sleep. I haven't been able to sleep very well. I'm finding myself waking up in the middle of the night uh, full of uncertainty, uh, full of worry, um, full of all of this stuff. And one, uh, one, you might call it morning, I call it still night. We, we can disagree on that. That's fine. But one time I woke up really early in the morning, late at night, however you want to look at it. And it was just like, bing. Just my, my eyes were like, bing. And worry and dread and anxiety about this situation. And I'm just laying in bed. Uh, Cheryl's asleep. The kids are asleep. And I'm just laying there uh, by myself. And I said, well, I'm not going back to sleep right now. This just isn't happening. So I just kind of laid in bed and prayed. And while I was praying, I am telling you, while I was praying, I just felt the Spirit communicate into my soul these words. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. It's a direct quote from Scripture. And the Spirit knew the exact text that I needed to be reminded of uh, in that moment. And I very quickly went back to sleep. Um, it, it was just like, my grace is sufficient for you, Steve. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And, and this is what the Spirit does. On the uncertain road, when we're uncertain about everything, and we're uncertain about the future and how it's going to play out and what's going to happen, all of that stuff that I've kind of been in this week in particular, in the middle of that, the Spirit's like, let me remind you of what Jesus said, that he loves you, that he has planned for you, that he's got this under control, that he hasn't abdicated his throne, that he's still on the throne, that he reminds us of exactly what we need to hear, exactly when we need to hear it, right? He's leading us to peace. Love how Jesus says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And here he's talking about the advocate, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whatever kind of terminology you want to use. And he's leading us to peace. And I want to share with you kind of the Greek definition of this word because I think it's really important. He says, it may also be contrasted with strife. Such a state of peace is the object of divine promise and is brought about by God's mercy, granting deliverance and freedom from all the distresses that are experienced as the result of sin. 
So here's what this definition is saying, is that strife entered the world as the result of a spiritual decision way back in Genesis 3. That was a spiritual decision that Adam and Eve made to eat the forbidden fruit that God had told them not to eat. And so they ate from that fruit, and all of a sudden when they ate that fruit, they made that spiritual decision, all of a sudden strife enters the world. Difficulty enters the world. Hardship entered the world. And honestly, a lot of difficulty, hardship, and, and, and uh, pain has entered into our world uh, even further as the result of a spiritual decision of not trusting God. Catch this. In the same way that that happened, peace can come to you. And peace can come to me as the result of a spiritual decision. Strife came as the result of a spiritual decision. Peace comes as the result of a spiritual position. And it starts with trusting the divine promises of God. That in the midst of strife, in the midst of difficulty, we believe, like I just said, that God is still in control. He has a plan and purpose for our pain. That he's working all things for the good of those who love him. That he's still on the throne. And that we trust in his divine promises. And when we trust in Jesus, when we trust in God, the spirit works through that trust to bring you and I peace. You may have noticed the rest of the verse. It says, my peace I give to you, but I don't give as the world gives. And man, I've been kind of ruminating on this verse for the last couple of weeks. Uh, when I started working on this message, I think it was two weeks ago. And I started to think about what is the way that the world attempts to bring us peace or that the world, uh, 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 the, the, the world preaches peace? What, what are the ways in which the world does that? And, and the word I came up with, and you might have a different theory and, and that's totally okay. The word I came up with is, is self. That a lot of times in this world when we're under, uh, on the uncertain road and in fear and anxiety about the future, a lot of times someone might add, uh, uh, add, uh, 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 preach to us like self-medication. Uh, turn to alcohol or drugs or entertainment to soothe your soul. Or, or they um, might kind of preach to us uh, self, uh, self-help, that the, the answer lies within ourself. They, they might uh, preach to us self-focus, that, that we just have to focus on ourselves. And listen, there is some truth uh, to that, but culture can take it to a little bit of extreme, that the answer lies within you. Jesus is reminding us that the answer lies within himself. That just like strife came as the result of a spiritual decision in Genesis 3, peace comes as the result of a spiritual decision of trusting in Jesus and and trusting in his divine promises. This is why when you're singing songs like the ones we sang earlier, you're singing songs or you're hearing a Bible text read or you're involved in a conversation that focuses on Christ, this wave of peace almost comes over you. It's because strife came from a decision, a spiritual one, and peace comes from one, that I am going to trust the promises of the divine. And the Spirit works through that to bring us peace. Um, now, all of that being said, and we could go on and on about the Spirit's work, but you may have noticed in the text that I read at the beginning, I kind of want to close with this idea, um, that he seems to be indicating that the Spirit's work is tied to o- obedience of the commands. You saw that refrain uh, running throughout the the text that Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now let's establish real quick what Jesus is not doing here. He's not like undoing the gospel. The gospel says that we are saved by grace through faith, right? That's grace 
through faith in Jesus Christ secures our salvation. Jesus works through grace. He, he works uh, through grace by, by faith. So he's not undoing uh, the, the, the gospel. Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, he died, he resurrected, and when we trust in him, we are saved through that faith by his grace. There's nothing that we can do. It is all 100% Jesus. Now, while that's true, one of the great evidences that we love Jesus and one of the great evidences that we walk in faith is a desire to obey his commands. And so Jesus is teaching us here that while Jesus uh, while our salvation is secure through grace, that the Spirit seems to work through a full submission to Jesus. That the Spirit works anytime that we submit ourselves to the person uh, and lordship of Jesus. The Spirit works through this submission, the person who loves Jesus and obey, obeys his commands. So every once in a while, you might hear like, a, like I do, like a, a sermon on the Holy Spirit, and you're like, man, I don't feel like I'm being led this way, or I don't feel like the Spirit's working this way. In, in my life in particular, you, you, might, you might feel that way. And here's what I would ask you. There, there could be a lot of reasons for that, first of all. But one reason for that could be, is your life submitted to Jesus? Or is there something that you're holding back from him? Uh, in the area of maybe finances or marriage or parenting or health or, or, or career? Is there a thing that you're holding back and you're holding it back and so the Spirit's being held back from being able to fully work in your life? You know, obviously the Spirit's working in every believer's life in some ways, but the Spirit really works when we submit to the Lordship of Jesus. So is there a thing that you're holding back from him that's keeping him from being able to fully work? And here's what I want to encourage you today to do today. Maybe today's the day that you say, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm done holding this thing back. I've been giving Jesus access to everything but my finances or everything but my health or everything but my kids or everything but my career. I, I've been holding these one or two areas, but I want to encourage you to just take the step and just fully submit them to Jesus. Say, I'm gonna do this your way. I'm gonna follow your plan. I'm gonna follow your commands in this area. I've tried to keep it to myself, but I'm gonna fully submit it to you, Jesus. And I'm telling you, I would be excited to hear how the Spirit responds to that decision. Because the Spirit loves it when we submit to Jesus. And the Spirit works through our submission to Jesus. The Spirit works through our obedience. So if you were to make the decision today to say, man, I, there's this thing in your head, I've been holding this back and I'm done holding it back. I'm gonna submit it to the words of Jesus, the commands of Jesus, the ways of Jesus. I'm gonna submit it to him. The Spirit's gonna respond to that and it, I, I'd be excited to hear what happens about how the Spirit responds to that decision and maybe you start to hear his voice a little clearer. You begin to hear his voice a little bit more you begin to see his work a little bit more, I'd just be excited to see what happens. See, on the uncertain road, there's a lot of uncertainties. We've been talking about this a lot in here. I wanna keep talking about it a lot because there's a lot of uncertainties right now. Elections, health, career, a lot of uncertainties in this room, but there's one thing we can know for certain. Jesus ascended to heaven, but he did not leave us alone. We have an advocate, a counselor, a helper, a truth teller, and a power and a life giver. That's the spirit. 
advocate, counselor, helper, truth teller, empower, life giver. You have not been left alone. And that is an absolutely amazing thing. We're going to receive communion together. If you want to grab it under your chair. This is an opportunity for us to spend some time with Jesus. And maybe like this is a time where you could say, man, Jesus, you are, you are Lord. You are on the throne. You are in charge of all. I have been holding back this thing from you. And I know I'm saved by grace, but I know the, the spirit works through my submission. And so maybe I've been hampering the spirit's work a little bit. I want, I want to end that and I want to fully submit this area to you. This is an opportunity for you to talk to him about that, that man, thank you first of all for saving me by grace. Uh, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. But this also represents at the end of this, we kind of end up with an empty cup because Jesus is ascended and he's on the throne. The, the grave is empty. Um, and so it's also a reminder of that, that, that he is Lord and he is in control. And so what I want to do is I want to open this up with prayer. And I just want to allow you some time to spend with the Lord. Just a, a couple minutes for you to pray. And to thank him for his grace to thank him for his spirit that maybe is laying something on your heart that you need to do, to thank him for that, and then to commit yourself by the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he's asked you to do and to do what he's asked me to do. And so I wanna just leave a little bit of space for that to happen. So let me pray. I'll leave a little bit of time of quiet in there and then we'll receive communion together. All right? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. Uh, we thank you for his grace, that we are saved by grace. There's nothing we can do to earn it, um, there's nothing we can do to secure it. We are saved by grace. And at the same time that we know that, we know that the Spirit loves the submitted life. The Spirit loves to work through submission. And so if there's an area of our lives right now that, that, that they're not submitted to you, that we've just kind of been doing it our way and not yours, our plan, not yours, our will, not yours, would you lay that on our heart and then empower us to fully submit it to you, to give the spirit full access and full ability to do whatever he wants to do today and into the future. And now we lift these prayers and requests up to you, Lord. We thank you for your guidance. May we leave this place secure in your grace and confidence in what you're calling us to do. Um, with every area of our life to, to fully submit it to you. May we leave uh, confident in your grace and confident in your leading. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. That has been my prayer for you and for me as we've kind of been leading up to this sermon is that you would uh, leave this place uh, knowing that there is a advocate, counselor, helper, truth teller, and life giver that is with you on this road and that you would have full confidence in his grace and full confidence in his leading. Uh, and because you, you are not alone on this road and uh, Jesus has saved you by grace and the Holy Spirit works and continues to work as we are submitting ourselves to Jesus. It is a lifelong process of uh, things coming up uh, where it's like, oh man, I'm not submitting this to him. I'm, I'm doing this my way and that happens a hundred times in a lifetime. And it's a good reminder to us, I think, to just remember that the Spirit loves it when we do that. The Spirit loves it when we submit to the Lordship of Jesus, and he works through it uh, to make the path clear. So, hey, God bless you guys. Have a great week, and uh, we'll continue this series next Sunday.